Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be, let me tell you. Okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such. Taxation is theft. Oh! God damn it, motherfucker! We're talking peace, love, and honor. The BR Hates Fed Show. Welcome to the Rice Fields, motherfuckers. That's, that's something to comment on, too. All right. I swallowed this. Cheers, man. I don't want to take my first drink without you. I'm sorry. Cheers. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Happy, uh, happy Revolution Day. Cool. Mm. All right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be a good Brit here and say I'm a little bit ignorant. Was the 4th the end of it or the start of it? It was a Declaration of Independence. <laughs> From the, the, uh, the day that it was declared, yeah, war were declared on our end, I suppose, so. Killer. Well, I mean, you know, I was I'm late to the party, but. <laughs> Co-patriot. Glad you're here, man. Me too. I think this is the first time that I've met somebody who wasn't born in this specific country. Not, not that it was a patriot, but was so active in speaking out about this cause of freedom and uh, individual liberties and responsibility. Uh, that it's kind of opened my eyes to the fact that there are people around the world who are still very firm believers in these ideals. And it's good to see it pursued. Well, thank you, man. Like, I, I've talked to some wild people. I've talked to people in South Korea. I've talked to people in, like, South America. Uh, there's a whole Australian network. There's, mm -hmm. there's people doing this stuff everywhere. It's funny you bring that up. I was just speaking to a rock marine, South Korean. Mm. And he was super huge in the fact that uh, I mean I was a Marine for six and a half years, so we hit it off there. But like the whole uh, the topic of what you and I did for the the first shoot, and uh, was super big into the whole ideals, you know, following it. So we spoke for probably two hours, and there was a Brazilian dude who's super into the same thing. There's actually been two or three. Mr. Lens is down in uh, Brazil, and there was another dude who reached out, and I don't know where they're getting their ability to train with firearms down there as civilians, but. Or what the legality behind it is either but uh, man they're down there and they're playing with real stuff and they have pecs and everything they're taking photos in the most uh, obscure ways they're all hiding faces and stuff too but <laughs> these guys are reaching out you know and they're just uh you know normal brazilian people who are working normal jobs and they're like hey man love what you're doing i want to be doing the same thing a little bit difficult down here yeah so, yeah <laughs> they're, they're truly about that life oh yeah like oh yeah undeniably every day I don't want to say too much, you know, obviously a lot of us are as well, but <laughs> I think the, the risk associated even with owning anything like that in those areas is just, I mean, it's fascinating. It's pretty phenomenal to see. I, yeah, that's, that's something I really, in the future, as I get a little bit, a few more resources with this stuff, I'd love to get out there and talk to those people. Yeah. Well, we have invites to a whole lot of strange places <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm going to have to extend that, you know, because you've been awesome to us, but, uh. So, what was it? Saudi, Brazil, Canada. I speak to a Canadian regularly who is uh, all about coming over here and has been stuck actually because of the vaccine passport, unable to leave the country, come down here. So, pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad it's all over, man. Well, <laughs> something like that. I mean, their their vaccine passport is. Um, 
electronic and it's an airline thing. They can't uh, fly on any of the airlines in or out of the country without that vaccine noted on an online passport that they have on their phone. So uh, they can't even leave Canada to come down here for a visit or to flee the damn country. It happened to my parents in New Zealand. They they couldn't leave like they because they were still getting their citizenship and stuff. Mm. So um, yeah, they for a time they just dropped it recently. Oh, we had a kid in the Marines. Um, we had a kid in the Marines who actually moved to California in order to enlist. Came over here, has uh, dual citizenship now, is naturalized through the military. Um, his family is still in Australia, and he's uh, serving on Pendleton. But his family got stuck over there. He hasn't been able to see them in about two years for the mm. same reason. It's just wild. And when I was in Japan, I was supposed to go down to Australia for Murph D, uh, Marine Rotational Force Darwin. And they camped our stuff, too, for the vaccine and for, for COVID and all that. It was just weird, man. So the whole world seems to have been on lockdown for, I mean, it's kind of common sense, you know. But it's just weird to hear it from other people's perspective who are very affected by it. Oh, yeah. And not just mine not going to the store or whatever. So that's how recently you were in? Um, I fled government service in December <laughs> and came back here to start my, uh, financial practice and eventually FM. So damn, well, I guess we gotta, we gotta finally address it. Yeah. Probably a good idea. <laughs> I, I always bug, uh, Mitch and Nathan for getting the, uh, the intro of that guest in the first 10 minutes. It should be right at the start, but hey ho, we're doing it candid. Sure. Uh, and in person, which is lovely. But uh, I'm sitting down with Finance and Maneuver. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of you guys have seen the shoots we've been getting up to, a lot of uh, guerrilla photography and kind of uh, some bank heisty, interesting photo shoots. Some loud and proud public photos. Yeah, know. yeah. It's <laughs> it, We've got some stories and uh, I've alluded to, to them a little bit on my own, but I wanted to hold off and, until we had the full story for when I could get you on. So, uh, yeah, kind of wanted to get into what we've been up to in, in some more detail and kind of what finance and maneuver is, is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to keep my name out of it just for now. No, absolutely. There's so many of us involved and this is, uh, not meant to be me and the other half, you know, as, as leaders or as names or faces, there's nothing about fame. So more so of a platform, but, uh, I'll just, uh, go by whatever you call me right now. I, I mean, I guess, uh, Shoot, I don't know, man. You want like a, a Tarantino kind of name, like Miss Mister Black? <laughs> well, if only uh, Fog hadn't taken Raul Duke, because you know obvious reasons. But I don't know, man. I guess uh, I go. I'll go by for now. I guess. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people know it already. Anyways, so I mean as well. But, All right. Um, well, if you change your mind, we can bleep it. Yeah, but figure it out. But for now, we'll we'll, we'll just go with that. But um, yeah. So you're saying you kind of very recently fled uh, government services. A lot of people have kind of been shifting away from but um so was finance and maneuver your business or because you you also talk to people about kind of um financial future and all that yeah kind of thing, right? that's complicated but uh we can tear through it i came back here having not too much of an idea of what i wanted to do but mm. for the last six and a half years i've been is you know, arizona home arizona is home born and raised in uh in scottsdale so i left at 18 years old directly after high school i think about two weeks after my graduation to go to boot camp for the marines um Started on the West Coast for boot and then combat training, East Coast for school. I uh, was on the aviation side of things, worked up in a tower. So North Carolina to Japan to Pendleton to Freedom. And, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I was a sergeant six and a half years, like I just said, probably four or five, six times. We'll keep saying it. No, no, no. Hey, hey, I mean, but, um, we, we got a lot of guys in the same position who came from that you know, kind of life. So I noticed that, um, and I was uh, a quick promoted guy 
uh, for job performance and whatever. But I noticed that my real niche was not as job performance or a disciplinarian or enforcement guy. But I mean, they called me dad because I was there trying to be a personable, helpful person, more of a mentor than a leader, if anything. And that didn't fit well with the core yep. at all. Um, I tried to be very common sense and understanding and that just didn't work out for me. So there were a lot of issues that I took with military service and, uh, I don't want to get too deep into my exit other than, uh, dude, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Couldn't, there was no way. <laughs> my, my dad tried fighting that same fight for 26 years yeah, <laughs> and yeah, when you're not playing politics mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and not, you know, bending the knee and you're looking out for your guys. Yeah. And, Bureaucracy. Absolutely. Yeah. Leadership doesn't look out for you. You're a problem child. You play the game or you, uh, you're made short work of. So yep. wasn't my place, but, uh, came back here in December and I had an idea of what I wanted to do, which was start my own financial practice. Now I'm paired with a, a fortune 500, which is really great. Fuck and, yeah. um, that's my primary job. I make nothing doing that. Um, <laughs> I work for veterans, their families, my family and friends, and I do all my work for free. And I just kind of bring people in and try to get their, their situation straightened out, especially for the veterans, you know, their TSP, their retirement or whatever through the military, turn it into IRA so they can actually use that for a down payment on their home when they get out. Um, all the planning's done for free and stuff. They can take that information and run, they can have me manage it, whatever. But uh, that's where FNM came from. The, uh, the handles play on words of, you know, fire and maneuver and uh, wanted to be relatable to veterans. It was initially going to be like me marketing my practice to veterans. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I guess in a sense it still is because it brings attention in and I can help people out, but there's just, I mean, on the, uh, professional personal side, you know, it's great that I'm doing it, but I'm making nothing doing it. So I work two other jobs, one being FM pushing out what people have asked me for in shirts and, and whatever else. And I work a, uh, a side job up North and carefree in the evening. So about 19 hours a day to stay afloat. <laughs> and then we have our shoots and this and all that stuff. So it's fun, man. Been busy. Yeah, I, I think I think everyone's trying to keep as busy as possible right now, or at least this, those sane amongst us are trying to square away assets and stuff. And that's something I wanted to get into a little bit with you because you're a kind of finance guy and something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and thing things are uncertain right now. But um, so with your financial stuff, when you're telling people to like kind of. Uh, trying to get the what was it loans for down payments on property or what what's your kind of like uh the uh primary focal point of my practice right now is consolidation of retirements okay so we're trying to pull all the money that people have put into 401ks tsps whatever they're actually paying into retirements and consolidate them into one piece so that these people have something to start the next piece of their life with Mm. So there's a lot of issues with transferring funds around and whatever, but this avoids taxes and fees for early withdrawals. And it just gives them the ability to either take a loan or use money from their IRA as a down payment for their first home Mm. as a fresh veteran. So in combination with, you know, VA home loans and whatever else, but uh, it's more so like, Hey, a basic plan for how to spend, how to save and not be homeless. (laughs) That's, that's great. I mean, single swim right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't imagine getting out in this environment. Holy shit. It's fun, man. <laughs> it's been fun for sure. Christ. Three jobs, yeah. But um, so the uh, obviously finance maneuver turn kind of 
But pretty pretty gonzo marketing as a <laughs> like I I love it. Don't get me wrong. As a, as a, someone who works in marketing and is very much in the that, the marketing world, uh, just initially what got us kind of talking was mutual friends as well as just like a lot of people were like, you guys should talk, you should meet him, blah blah this and that, and and finally we did, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah for, for, for one, it's it's very creative stuff. Yeah, it, it's very edgy. It's a, it's pretty anti-authoritarian one could say yeah it's interesting i don't think anybody really knows what we're about yet um and you ask us you know what are we are we a photography group or is it just marketing my practice is this something that's supposed to be a voice against whatever is this pmc i've had a lot of people (laughs) and uh, i don't want to tell you guys exactly what i am you know i don't i don't know myself but there's a lot of whole different directions we can go in with it and uh, i don't want to close off any doors but um strict definition I don't think there needs to be one, really. It's just been interesting seeing the way this developed from a marketing tool into something very, very different. That's no longer what it is. Granted, I can still help people out, which is cool. Yeah. No, I, I like the idea of keeping it open-ended because uh, <laughs> the the mystique is, is definitely part of this brand. That's been the, uh, the funniest part for me was uh, throwing different edits and stuff that we got in our DMs on TikTok or just the very basic videos. And I'm not a TikToker, man. I, I really dislike TikTok. I, I still haven't learned it. And I'm like, ah, my girlfriend keeps on telling me I could probably do okay on the. We posted our, our driving range video. Yeah, yeah. Right, hitting the golf ball off $10,000 bill or a $10,000 uh, stack of hundreds. <laughs> and that was immediately 300,000 views. So that was just projected. That's fucking just, just wild. Out of nowhere. And the one question that I think we got more than anything else was, what the hell are you guys? Can we get some context? And it was just, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> no fuck your context. That's all I said was no. no, no there's no elaboration here. Refuses to elaborate. Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting. So to kind of see the people we bring, you know, bring in, it's given us a bit of a platform, especially for us Valley people. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we've seen what our good friends, you know, Goonicidal Tendencies and, and Muffman have been doing mm-hmm. out in Texas with their kind of uh, very, very open carry. Huge inspiration for us, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it was great to get them out with us. I think, if nothing else, just the, the ballsiness with the, the open carry and kind of pushing the gun culture thing to a place where it's like, it's not just lopping like operators it's very very flagrantly um pushing that kind of outlaw something we can say fuck the system fuck the state here no absolutely (laughs) absolutely we can that's exactly what it is um and mothman gunicidal have been a massive influence for us too so when a lot of us were trying to figure out how do we want to do this what do we want to pump out it was looking at them walking through texas in the middle of the city wildly open carrying in kit <laughs> with masks. It was like, you know what, dude, holy shit. Why aren't, why aren't people doing this? And it's like, well, you know, common sense rings. <laughs> I know exactly why yeah, people yeah. aren't doing this, but if you look at Arizona revised statutes, nothing that we are doing is against the law. And yet we still have police helicopters on us. Yeah. So that's something I wanted to get into a little bit, but, um, because of course <laughs> the wildest thing about that was that was our, first location mm. with, with Goon and Mothman joining us doing their shoots and, and like from what they've told us they go completely unmolested by any kind of law enforcement when they're doing their thing they even have cruisers drive up and like kind of stop they give them a little wave and they're like alright just Texans doing Texas things <laughs> drive on no no issues they've even apparently been in like populated areas like waving to people hanging out for pictures and shit and mm-hmm. people are cool cause you know Armed society to play society, right? 
But um, <laughs> things are a little different in our our little cowboy state, unfortunately. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, Arizona had constitutional carry well before Texas, and it seems to me that up until very recently, we were ahead in the fight against uh, you know gun legislation, anti gun. And to see the difference in reaction to us versus them doing something similar, just in different locations. Has- well, and honestly, a lot quieter of yeah. a location. Oh yes. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I wanted to give uh, everyone some, a little bit of backstory <laughs> on quite how all of that went down. Because while I like the mystique, and we don't have to give too much away, but um, I, I didn't want people to think we were doing anything wildly stupid or careless or anything like that. So this is somewhere where I think some context can be good, you know? Sure. But, um, so of course, uh, I guess how it started was, uh, we were doing our shoot and I explained this a little bit in a previous episode. Uh, I think the last episode actually, um, doing guerrilla photography, we're in some cool little side street, like very quiet late in the evening, murals everywhere. Clearly a spot people come to do photography Mm -hmm. all the time. We had studio lights. Oh yes, we did. (laughs) And we had, uh, and we had multiple cameras and then we had some guys in kit, um, (laughs) handing around a bag of, a bag of money. So say we were very respectful about what we were doing. Uh, I think so. Yeah. There was, there was no, um, absurd or disrespectful, you know, gestures or, uh, you know, inappropriate behavior with reference to firearms or kit in general or, you know, public safety. It was uh, something we actually got together and briefed for, I think, about a half hour, 40 minutes prior to ever getting into the vehicle and stepping off for our shoot. That, that's something I wanted to touch on, too, is yeah. like, we, we're not just like, oh, hey, is everyone here? Me at the spot, you know, bring your shit. It's like, like, this is, like you said, briefing briefed. on ARS. Yeah. yeah, I fucking, like, when, when we, the first shoot we did together, when you were doing the brief, I was like, fuck yeah, this is how you, you get shit done. You get everyone serious. Obviously, we want to have some creativity going, but it's like, no, 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 we're doing some real shit. Yeah. So you gotta, you know, be an adult about it. I spoke to, prior to that shoot, uh, you know, about what we wanted to do with a Mace officer and a uh, Chandler officer as well, kind of off the, you know, I'm not going to reference who for obvious reasons, but we spoke about ARS, the Arizona Revised Statutes, the laws uh, regarding firearms in public, kit, masks, uh, what is, you know, disturbing the peace, what is aggravated assault, because those are the things we'd be worried about, whether you're pointing a firearm or out causing issues, disturbing you know, an otherwise peaceful neighborhood. And I don't think we really did until the police helicopter was there. Yeah, that, that was a bit more of a disturbance. Yeah, even at that, and that was the, the conversation was the escalation. The police helicopter kind of um, made that a very real situation. But we'll, we'll, we'll take a step back. Before we got out there, um, what was the safety brief? So the safety brief covered uh, Arizona revised statutes. Uh, <laughs> we covered ARS very in depth regarding anything that could do with legalities facing, you know, improper use of a firearm or handling or open carry laws specific to Arizona and the metropolitan area. Um, additionally, we covered, you know, what disturbing the peace looks like, what we could possibly be facing if we don't behave ourselves, how to behave proper. Um, and then we talked about how we would respond to any kind of people who saw us doing our work, um, maintaining a friendly environment, making sure that everybody felt safe. And if there was any kind of police involvement, how we would respond to them, uh, because anti-authority or not, we want to make sure we are not causing issues for public safety ourselves, those involved with photography. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and just unnecessarily causing either a fight or disturbance. It's just the last thing we want to do because if we're going to be pretending to be or, you know, acting as a voice for others, how can we do so if we're causing issues, you know? Yeah. Which allegedly we still were. <laughs> according sure. but we'll, we'll get into their uh different lenses for yeah sure. the, their complaints but um, so yeah we, we prepared for all of that we were like well you know if we get stopped we know how to handle this we expect it to be much more akin to how goon and moffat mm-hmm. would handle it otherwise be like you know at worst being told to clear out and cut what we're doing but sure. we didn't really expect to be uh <laughs> have a, a police helicopter spotlight us and then point rifles at us and then cuff us yeah um <laughs> well i mean when we built that situation we were there for a few minutes longer than we'd normally be at a, a shoot location that yeah that that was that was the big mistake with uh with a gorilla shoot was not moving quick enough we we were we got comfy we were kind of you know there was a lot of us Mm-hmm. Yeah, things happen. Wasn't our first time seeing somebody at a location. I yeah, mean, no, no, no. The first time we were out, we had uh, a couple folks who were doing something similar to us. Yeah, like a couple uh, girls coming up to a uh, rooftop for some Instagram shots, and they're like, oh, <laughs> there's a whole... <laughs> but a... we, we had guys walking around with cameras, so clearly we were, like, filming something, and they were just hanging out after that, right? So so the lens of common sense is what we're trying to approach right now, yeah, it yeah. seems. Uh, studio lighting, we're somewhere kind of quiet. We're, we're there at a time when there's not a lot of people running around. We're being, uh, we're, we're behaving ourselves. Yeah. Um, there's photographers. It seems to me, and at least to the others that were involved, that this is a very obvious thing that is happening. It's photography. Um, no matter what we think about that, those who, and I believe there were two vehicles that drove by us, wave, smile. Yep. Uh, Flashed a peace sign. Yeah, there were calls on us. So the response was a police helicopter. And even when that showed up and we realized what was going on, having a spotlight on us, it's <laughs> long guns and cars, disarmed, kids off. It's yep. very respectful. It's like, all right, you know, we're not here causing issues and we want to make that known. But even with that response, uh, I think we had, what, 12 to 14 cruisers pull up, rifles on. Oh, Christ. So, <laughs> yeah. So asked to approach, cuffed, sat down, and we were in restraints for about 90 minutes while they, I believe, searched vehicles without... Uh, asking us about it and I don't really know what the response legality is for them on that situation but ran serial numbers on firearms yep addresses all sorts of stuff so interesting yeah yeah we uh, we got to meet about half of Phoenix PD shout out to them by the way they're all on my Instagram so <laughs> yeah I, you guys are giving out your Instagram handles I was like shut the fuck up well, <laughs> According to one of our friends, uh, and I didn't hear this myself, one of the uh, Metro officers, I believe it was a corporal, walked up and said, hey, are you guys F&M? Oh, my God. Funny enough. You no, know, I, I, I definitely heard that conversation. I, uh, Me and Mothman, I'm not sure if I'll ever use it. Maybe if I bring him on the show, I'll have to cut in the audio from that. But uh, he was recording audio the whole time just in case things got fucky. And uh, no, seriously, I don't know what the... I, I'm sure blame him. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's some uh, some questionable stuff with, with what they were asking us in terms mm-hmm. of legality. But um, so he, he had some audio. We, were, we recorded like a gorilla podcast, kind of. We're like, all right, so how, how are things going? <laughs> what are we doing right now? Visiting from Texas? <laughs> on the sidewalk in cuffs. <laughs> But um, you guys were on the opposite, so we were all like lying down a wall. You guys were at the far end, mm-hmm. so we had two very different experiences. You were up by, uh, I don't know if we want to use names, but someone in our group was talking a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think it kind of humanized us, even though he he got fucking brutalized before he got chucked. He got chucked down pretty hard. He he's a a vet and was like, yeah, I got blown up in Afghan. Can you be ca- a little bit careful with me? And they chucked him down. It was like poor guy had a a little bit of a backache but yeah they, they put him down pretty hard and I, dude honestly with the stuff that he was saying I, <laughs> I feel bad but i don't and uh overall looking at that situation it was just hilarious uh, oh, man but by the time they got to us they were like I, I mean they kind of put me down like i was gonna be executed isis style but uh, <laughs> they put they put the ladies down nice nice and gentle mm. how, how would you rate your treatment by phoenix pd out of 10 they treat me like a queen really really because i was the third to last they were probably out of energy by that point so i went i whatever not like my first experience with whatever (laughs) and yeah they were like oh are you okay and i was like i'm fine but i can feel them loose and i was like i think they're a little loose and i hear them laughing and i was like well i'm not supposed to say that my cuffs are not tight enough yeah Yeah. oh fuck no the, that, that was something I need to mention because I didn't mention it last time I talked about this was um they almost didn't find my fucking sidearm <laughs> so obviously we're, we were in like full kit and we had long guns and stuff but as they, they walked me back and, and cuffed me I did not want them to at some point see my gun on the back at, at my 4 o'clock because I FUD carry <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and be like Hey, he's going for his gun because it's right by my cuffed hands and get fucking laced by Phoenix PD for target practice. So uh, I was like, my my carry piece is at four o'clock and they start rummaging through my bag. I was like, excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, back in my plate carry. I'm glad I kept my plates on. Mm, not I, man. I was I was dying just sitting there. I'm six foot four. I, you know, I got back issues already from their uh, crops, but. Dude, I could not have done that in play. It's good on you for that one. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did because it meant I still had my hydration on yeah, me. Those ice plates too now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to core performance. Great if you're sitting on a, on the sidewalk cuffed, yeah. um, <laughs> for ninety minutes unnecessarily. That's where those come in handy. Yeah, that's when they really shine. No, I managed to <laughs> hydrate like four or five people with my suckling from my little. All right. My low hanging left <laughs> teeth. <laughs> They're fucking. <laughs> hopped on over. Mm-hmm. I, I might have to bleach Chef. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He asked, he was like, can I switch spots with Moth? Yeah. And the guy was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks, officer. Oh, but yeah, that, that whole thing was, I mean, arguably wildly unnecessary. One cruiser coming by and scoping us out, like an unmarked cruiser, and maybe stopping and being like, hey, what are you guys doing? I like to think you're right on that, but that requires the <laughs> attitude of seeing long guns and kid as a normal thing to Arizona, which obviously we have cowboy culture here. At least we assume so. That's the thing. With current politics, it's not necessarily the case. So if the response to us is a helicopter, 12 cruisers and long guns on to cuff, to sit, to check the vehicle, to realize that there's no crimes being committed and then released without charge, which I don't know if that's been put out there yet, but there were no charges yeah, yeah. or anything like that because we weren't doing anything illegal. Um, to, I mean, just to kind of bring it up to the, uh, the vehicles that notified PD about us also confirmed that there was no kind of malicious intent or... <laughs> yeah, I flashed him a fucking peace sign real smiling. <laughs> sure. And that kind of really ties in with uh, what are we doing? 
you know, why are we out here in public with this stuff? And it's not necessarily to normalize us running around in masks and kit uh, with rifles in public, but more so to show that even in the oddest looking scenario, the weirdest looking thing you might have seen, common sense is still a thing that should dictate your response to an action. Safety is always going to be priority for those who are working in law enforcement, and that's something that I respect personally, whether I'm, you know, anti-authority or not. Um, but no comment. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, you see these guys, and you've got uh, you know flair on them, and you see them being as cool as can be, putting their stuff away, and trying to show that their response is going to be the opposite of hostile. Yeah. Maybe the approach is not. Uh, armored vehicles and long guns but that's kind of the the point of what we're doing out there is it not showing that with the negativity uh negativity in the the world that we're seeing right now whether illinois uh, this morning which is very unfortunate or um recently new york albany and the other shootings that we've seen it's not all of us in fact it is such a tiny minority of people who are firearm owners that are out here being malicious assholes, that it needs to be remembered that we cannot always believe the large portion of negativity that we see on the, the media or wherever. That can't be the defining thing that that follows us around as gun owners or whatever we want to call ourselves. Um, I believe myself to be a patriot, regardless of how much I like the current situation that we're in in America. It's not us. In fact, it's so few people who are being that way that it must be remembered that the majority is a very peaceful group of people. We're not here to cause issues. We're here to, in our case, take photos. Yeah. And I, I think they, I mean, very clearly realized that when they saw, for one, the kind of kit we had, they were, they were like... They were outclassed. Yeah, I think they fucking knew it too. They were having to peek around like... Mm. And my favorite part of all of the shit talking was the shit talking about the... They're tasting guns. Sig. <laughs> that was. I think one of the officers was asked if he was wearing level four plates. Yeah. Point, which I don't necessarily contend that, but uh, a uh, little, little bit rude, but fair. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like it was like guys. If we wanted to be a problem, we would be a real fucking problem. I think that we, as a group, who have built our equipment and our rifles and our out there training, which is another thing I'd like to speak about eventually, is uh, training and the, the necessity of it. But we, as people who are training in kit, out of kit, and spreading a message of uh, the positivity and the impact that training has on literally everybody who is a firearm owner or out here in this country in general, um, I think that we have the common sense to not start a fight by standing in an alley until a police helicopter and 12 people that, show up. That was the other thing as well. Like, they spotlighted us. At that point, we could have fucking chucked everything in the back and dipped. And, you know, maybe they would have found us and trailed us with the helicopter. Maybe they wouldn't have. Either way, that was, at that point, clearly going to be an escalation where we were going to be in an unnecessary stop. That And everyone would be all excited. And it would just, you know, we were like, we were sensible about it. We shut everything down and just waited. <laughs> because you know that's not the mode we were in and, and then obviously cruiser pulls up behind us to the mm -hmm. front of us and we wait for all of their friends to get there that's so they can sit around chatting yeah it was like guys if we wanted to pick a fight 
<laughs> we would not be sitting here waiting on you. Sensible is um, something defined by the individual. So when it goes back to lenses, whether we're looking at this from hindsight, hey, you as the, the LEO could have done better. Maybe we could have done better from our own perspective, which I think that there are definitely improvements that we're going to make and we could have made. But um, maybe from the lens of somebody who's never seen anything like this, what are you doing? Or those who are seeing this and they're like, oh, you know, wow, they're out there and the police are whatever. Regardless of what is or is not right, I am glad that in a sense, we got to sat down, uh, sit down rather with LEOs from Phoenix Metro, <laughs> be seen as pretty normal, sometimes funny, sometimes uh, idiotic in our jokes and whatever, but normal people, good people, uh, kind, courteous, whatever. And uh, not just kits and masks causing issues down there. So, I mean, that's kind of been a huge focal point for what I'm doing. It seems like what you are doing is, yes. hey, have a kit, be an old person, be good, don't cause issues, train. Well, that's why we do, that's why we still do those cringy, fucking awful 2A rallies at the Capitol. You know, it, it's a chance to go out there and be right in front of law enforcement in full kit and be like, hey, we, like we, we exist and we're out here. And as you know, it, it gets a little bit suspect sometimes, especially when you bring uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. some of our, some of our group with us, but, uh, it's the same person that was, uh, making fun of one officer, <laughs> one of the sergeants for having a SIG and asking him what plates he was wearing was yelling at one of the, uh, uh I guess overwatch officers yep. at the, the Capitol. Yep. <laughs> what caliber is your rifle? <laughs> what, what level are your plates? <laughs> it's absurd, man. Oh, fucking much love to him. Oh yeah. But, um, no, it, it's why we do that and kind of like push it a little bit rather than just, you know, the, the law abiding gun owner. It's, it's the one that's kind of pushing the envelope and actually, you know, kind of encouraging that, that more cowboy culture outlaw kind well, of abiding is an interesting way to describe the gun owner. At this well, point, so. well that, that's, it's something I resent is this kind of push to be the law abiding gun. Owner. It's like, well, that, they weren't very law abiding when they were, you know, shooting red coats in the street once upon a time. So like happy fourth, <laughs> yeah, happy fourth. Indeed. You want another one, by the way? Yeah. We Absolutely. are we are out of screwball. What did you what did you make of it? That's fantastic. Peanut butter whiskey. You ever tried it? No. It's it sounds fucking disgusting. And I was like, I had a problem with it personally. And I tried it. You can get nice and drunk off that. <laughs> it, it's dangerous. Alright. Uh you on the rocks or Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Just getting the uh ASMR in. <laughs> <laughs> Move the microphone. Yeah, we are halfway across the room grabbing drinks. Hmm. We cut nothing. Hmm. Nah, that's not true. You got donuts too? I got little munchkins. Oof. <laughs> you watching your Beyonce? Huh? I <laughs> said, so you watching your Beyonce? Watching my Beyonce? Yeah, maintaining a, a strict diet. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of that one. Hmm. Yeah, look at me. I gotta, I gotta, you know. Speaking of Beyonce, we're getting our formation awaiting the police. Mm. Oh, Jesus. No, seriously, we were, we were like debating who was gonna go next. I was like, well, would you feel better going now or later? Like, do you wanna wait? Goodness. Alright, this is a little less exciting. This is just being. Fantastic, thank you. No worries. Oh. All right, so <laughs> we, we've covered about the uh, about not dying in police custody. 
And for the record, we were not arrested, we were detained. Yeah. Which I'm not really sure the legality of. Because honestly, if any of us wanted to be, uh, pull the whole sovereign citizen card and go full libertarian and be like, you know, what what, what are pirates. the charges? Yeah. You're like, what what are the charges right now? Am I, am I... Am I being detained? Yeah. Am I this... suspected of a crime? Yeah. <laughs> oh. No. I don't like that approach. I'm glad that, you know, when you get calls about people who are acting a specific way, especially if you live in that neighborhood, fine. If, uh, if you want to make sure that your neighborhood is taken care of, that is my personal opinion. Fantastic on you for making sure that you and your neighbors are okay. <laughs> and the response of the, uh, the police officers, Phoenix Metro, I can't give them a hard time personally. Um, do I want to see things change a little bit to where there's a more common sense approach? Fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, but did they handle it well? Were there no BS charges pushed? Were they pretty polite and respectful once they realized that we were good people? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something I'm thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful that we came out of that situation on top and overall it was a, a good time for us and we had them laughing and smiling except for the salty sergeants who've been doing this for 15, 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there was there was one uh, one baldy in particular which uh, I'm not a fan of but we'll keep it at that. <laughs> Call, calling out the bald motherfucker. The bald <laughs> sergeant. He was a dick. Especially the moth man. <laughs> so, but no, otherwise... I think they did a good job with what the, you know, the information that they had other than maybe realizing that we were trying to de-escalate as much as possible from the start. Yeah, and they definitely held us, like, way longer than necessary and also did some illegal searching. <laughs> but, you know what? We got to meet Phoenix Metro. Yeah, we pretty yeah, cool yeah. With us. We, we didn't have cool to them. schedule a meeting or anything. They came to us. That was cool. Yeah, it was nice to meet them. Um, we came out of that with some lessons learned. And I think the exposure that came from it was good, not just for, you know, pages or whatever, but people seeing, hey, again, <laughs> we're not out of here causing problems, you know. No. Maybe this can be a learning experience both for, obviously, for us, but for others who are interested in similar photography uh, expeditions or maybe for law enforcement officers who are seeing, hey, how do we deal with this? Well, for other uses, for the creative people, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the, it was it was very interesting to see what response <laughs> looked like to a call like ours, where we're getting up doing a mock like handoff with a bag of money. Mm. <laughs> like it couldn't have been more Looney Tunes looking. But, like when they shone the spotlight, that, this is where I'll leave it. But the helicopter spotlight, there's a bunch of guys in balaclavas and business suits. <laughs> In an alleyway with a big black duffel bag and we're pulling on it. One on the floor looking yeah, like this. Yeah, one guy on the floor playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like money blowing everywhere down the alleyway. And these guys are like, oh my god, there's a drug deal going on <laughs> or whatever. Have you told people that you continue the shoot with the police spotlight on you? Oh yeah. Family photos. No, no. Uh yeah, yeah, we, we did like a, a little bit more photography. We're like, when should we wrap it up? Well, let's get a few more shots. All right, all right, let's call it now. It's a good time. Anyway, yeah, everyone made it out alive. Good but interaction. Something, something else I wanted to touch on uh, with the finance maneuver stuff was harking back to the first shoot that I joined you guys for, mm -hmm. which was we're on the rooftops and we were surrounded by banks downtown. So kind of the, the anti-bank side of the messaging is interesting mm -hmm. to me. Like, is that... Is that more than just kind of a cool slogan to you? It certainly or? isn't facetious. Yeah, we're not playing around with that. We're not uh, exactly big fans of uh, centralized banking or the authority that is gained through banking in general by those who are in charge. 
so we, we talked about this a little bit. I don't know how much you would want to like get into, but kind of, do you, do you have any kind of definition from your spot for what anti-bank would be for finance maneuver mm. as kind of a direction or a call to action or whatever you might kind of call it? I think more than anything, what we try to inspire is free thought. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything that we want to push people towards in a political sense or in a, uh, a think space. I don't want to tell people what to think or what to feel. That's, I mean, really the last thing I want to do. What I would like to inspire, and I think all of us would, is the ability or the confidence to think for yourselves, look past whatever you've been you know, taught and seen for a long time as the way. You know, We've done this for however many years, and this is just how we do it in the military or whatever job you've worked at is the worst explanation for how the system is. Any bank is more of a, more than a call to action, just called a think for your first time in your life, you know, is this the right way? Is this the best way? In my opinion, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Christ, all of us, everyone listening will have lived through the 2008 financial crash. Mm. So we've all seen this shit before. Yeah. I'm a, an only child from a single parent household and my father was working mortgages in 2007, 2008. So we had a, a home foreclosed upon and uh, damn near lost everything in that uh, due to the decisions of others and the, uh, I don't want to say the greed. I understand, you know, capitalism's whatever. But uh, <laughs> uh, capitalism's very loaded. Next hedge question. Funds, yeah. <laughs> hedge funds, centralized banking. Yeah, it, uh, it it really destroyed our way of life back then. And I don't want to be the ignorant person that says, "Hey, you know, you you damn near foreclosed upon my home, or you did, or we almost lost everything." You know, you're wrong for that. Woe is me, and you know, fuck you. But uh, to the same point, in a sense. Still, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that something that I've been revisiting a little bit is kind of uh, something that lefties prattled on about that I kind of used to ignore was kind of the idea of and kind of relevant to the shirt I'm wearing today is like class warfare and stuff like that. I always when I used to hear that, I used to think like that's just some stupid communist bullshit. But as I got a little bit older, and I kind of realized. That there is the entrepreneur, and then there's the person who is like absolutely just raping the populace, and that there's like a pretty big disparity between the guy who has worked himself up to have like monopolies and yeah. national corporations. Yeah, like the guy with a car dealership versus the car the guy that's you know writing Lobbying new laws. Politics, yeah. yeah, yeah, like those are very different people. But we've been our culture has kind of melded together the idea of the entrepreneur and the guy who's like the parasite ruling over us, you know, monopoly man. And, and it's kind yeah. of interesting with not saying anything about your brand in particular, but the idea of anti-bank and pushing all of that kind of um, the questioning of those institutions, especially during these times. While still being in the finance industry. No, no, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like... Um, Snowden. I, Snowden was in national security when he released the, uh, the information that he did. Which yes. Was that there were massive uh, oversteps of privacy by the government that was almost not even known about by other branches of the government, so... Yeah, like when you're... That's the thing, like, a lot of a lot of people in this space, and they're, they're getting better on this, but for years, there was kind of the inkling to call every, every veteran who came out and was done with it um, a baby killer, you know? And then they were like, oh, actually, these people are the best anti-war advocates we could have. And now the same thing, you know, if you're close to an industry and you come out and you're like kind of a whistleblower, whatever it is, doesn't matter what, I mean, there's people in the EPA, the food industry, you mm -hmm. know, pharmaceutical, whatever it might be, people all over the place are calling bullshit on institutions that we've just taken for granted for the longest time. So it was interesting that 
as like a pinnacle of your kind of brand and messaging was this kind of anti-authoritarian and like obviously you're still into your finances and stuff but it's not like kind of the reckless how can we call for a change and for people to be more alert bring uh, attention to an issue if i am not personally trying to make an impact in some sense yeah so if i'm the person who's anti-bank and whatever you know very anti-international corporation who are you know decreasing the the quality of life for the average person I don't feel comfortable making those statements and trying to draw attention to it and bring down people's, you know, energy when they see something negative like that without at the very least trying to make an impact. So whether it's redoing retirements or consolidating funds, trying to get people on a budget, you know, it has to be a rounded thing for me. Yeah. Well, it seems to be kind of like a common uh, component of what you're doing with finances, kind of putting the access to everything back in people's hands rather than it all being kind of spirited away from you right certainly not looking to sell products here just trying to get some information out there for free in multiple different senses too so whether it's fm we're not trying to be a clothing brand i don't want to be the next uh i want to name company names (laughs) yeah 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 well so so that is that is something that i wanted to touch on Mm -hmm. was kind of you know we do have a lot of brands out there who are kind of you know, very, and it is a meme of its own now because we started with kind of the whole boog movement and then that turned into kind of the goon thing. And as a result, there's always been kind of brands that have tagged along with those kind of moments. So with Finance and Maneuver, do you see this as something that's going to be sustainable kind of out of the goon kind of moment? Like, do you see it as more than... Yeah, we're not, uh, we're not boog guys, man. We're not goon guys either. We're not big boogaloo people. None of us have ever done the whole Hawaiian shirt and American flags with igloos or, you know, we're not trying to be goons. Um, we're not trying to be those who are causing issues in, in society, more so drawing attention to issues, building a community, trying to, um, I guess, convince people to train. I have people who post me in their training photos all the time and I put that up a few times. Hey, make sure if you're posting pictures training videos training you tag me i want to see that i'll you know bring it to my attention that's fantastic um really trying to stay out of that space of goon or boog or trying to sell products whether it's clothing or whatever and be a bit of a platform for others especially those who are here in phoenix or scottsdale or the valley in general with us um to stand up have your rights be free and pay some some attention you know learn common sense with uh respect to damn near any aspect of society yeah well, that's that's the cool thing about the brand as well is it's it's less so like even though it's got similar aesthetics to kind of the goon thing it definitely to me at least has a more robin hood vibe to it it, it seems like the whole bank heist thing is who hasn't seen heast and uh heats <laughs> heast. who hasn't seen heat and wanted to go out and you know rob a bank or seen the town whatever other films and red literature but it, uh, it really does kind of cater to that. Um, what would be the word here? That fantasy. That fantasy of being the most free you can. Mm. And especially when it comes to bank robbery, thinking, you know, you're not taking money from the individual. It's, what's, what's the quote that you have on your, in your bio? Your money is insured by the federal government. You're not going to lose a dime. We're here for the bank's money, not your money. I love that don't, so much. Don't be a hero. <laughs> that, that explains it. Because it's not your fucking money when it's in their hands. Who are you hurting? You know, robbing a bank. And it's as long as you're not in there harming people, uh, patrons. You're harming nobody, really. 
a, a fucked up institution that has more money than it can shake a stick at anyway. So. so if you're a bank robber and you use that position to highlight to other people the issues that we have in our society <laughs> and maybe find ways to improve other people's positions, you might be on something good. So maybe Robin had asked, I'm not trying to be, you know, spandex man, but uh, that's kind of the idea behind it. It's, it's a few different levels of, of thought here. And we're not trying to be the assholes who are taking money from others or, you know, flashing wealth or um, gooning or, you know, boogaloo people causing issues for LEOs or society or, you know, neighborhoods. It's not us. It's more of a message of pursuing your ideal position being as free as you are comfortable being if not more so than that pushing your limits and just a challenge to the traditional logic that we currently seem to run on mm. which is a bit flawed in my personal opinion no absolutely <laughs> hey we I, it's it's uh, interesting and what's been really really cool to see is how people respond to all this content especially during this time when you're, you're putting out stuff that's pretty pretty crazy looking like everyone's standing around like kid the fuck up with the bank towers in the background or whatever it might be it's like and people are you know right now hurting kind of wondering potentially if they're gonna make the next you know make rent or be able to afford groceries or gas whoever it might be mm-hmm. and, and to see this kind of rebellious very gonzo imagery I, I think it's the right time for it, but <laughs> a little different too. When you think of uh, those in Ford Observations Group (GBRS), those who do make clothing, and, and you know, obviously, we just pushed out our first little thing of shirts, fantastic. But when you look at those people who are making clothing surrounding SF or you know Green Berets or whatever, and they want to be the superhero, mm, um, very heroish. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a very opposite or counter vibe from us. Uh, we're not out here trying to pretend to be special forces or anything like that. It's uh, just more so the average people out here who are a little bit fed up with the situation. And that's not to call us anti, you know, whatever job you have. I don't I don't mean to say I'm anti-military at all. I've been there. I understand how good the people can be. I don't want to sit here and, and call myself anti-LEO because from a very basic like standpoint of just common courtesy, I know... I know there are good people in law enforcement and it fucking irks me to just be anti everything. It feels the same as being racist. Hmm. Um, now can I sit here and say common sense? Hey, you know, you're an LEO and you're seeing all these issues. You probably step away. Sure. But there are still going to be people who, you know, fruity Rudy put on their superhero costume every day that they're in the core, you know, and go out and try to change the world for the better and good on them. But, um, it's a hard position to either observe or be in. I, I can't be in any, anybody from a hardline perspective. It's hard. No, I, I get that. I, a lot of people, mo- the more hippie side as well, kind of like, you know what? I have a sick, sick problem with a lot of these people, but to just carry that kind of hatred is... Yeah, last thing I want to do. I don't want to sit here and be pissed off and aggravated and sad all the time because I hate certain groups of people, whatever cloth or color or orientation you may be it's the last thing i really want to sit here and do yeah um is just be a hateful person so i'm not trying to be fog or gbrs where we're clearing compounds and <laughs> night vision of whatever getting pretend. ready for the next deployment in 2022 <laughs> yeah but i also don't want to be filming you know us pretending to shoot police yeah because it's just it doesn't make sense to me so that's what brings me back to your question is how do we see ourselves outliving this goon movement? Well, we're not goons and we're also not fog. Why do we make shirts 
it's a calling card, man. You see somebody who's wearing something like this with the FM on it, you know immediately that they recognize that and they have one themselves. You're like, oh my God, that dude knows this, which means so much about them and says so much about their personality, their beliefs, their ideals. You see them in the gym and you're like, oh my God, dude, let me go hit that person up. You talk to them. Maybe you have a new shooting buddy. Hmm. Maybe you have somebody that you can hit up at 4.30 in the morning because you're not feeling so hot. You have somebody who's in the neighborhood that you know in some way and has said it to you without even speaking, understands you in a sense. It's a community. Sounds like we're talking about Fight Club. We're not talking about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Nope. <laughs> no, I, I dig it. I dig it. Because one of the big things, one of the like most important things I think people need to be doing right now is building community, whatever that looks like. Because... Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to, you know, think they're going to rock it lone wolf if everything gets a little bit any crazier. But no, no, like, as you guys well know, just hanging out with you guys and seeing how you all kind of interact and, you know, what you what you guys mean to each other. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see that it's more than just a couple guys who are like, hey, you want to make some, you know, a few bucks selling shirts? No. <laughs> no, we didn't even want to put them out for uh, quite some time, but uh, it was asked of us. So fine. You know, the last thing we're going to do is turn down people who want a certain thing. And it's an opportunity for us to make cooler stuff anyways. Yeah. Was raised. Um, and that's the thing that I put out was that, uh, you know, profits made are for my son's uh, surgery copays, travel and stuff. And then, you know, future stuff that we're making future projects, which is fantastic. Uh, money stays within the, uh, you know, the FNM LLC and isn't touched by us. We're not profiting here. We're going to continue working our day jobs and still doing our best to make cool stuff for others. Um, reason being, you know, that we, we want to make sure it's the reason being was that we didn't want to start selling products before we provided value. And the last thing that I want to rest on is knowing that my shirts and I'm throwing up air quotes here are so cool that that is the value provided. Um, and that's again, not to hit on any company whatsoever. I was brought up by uh, white phosphor, who's a personal friend. And I know him from uh, my time in without saying too much identity wise, but uh, really cool dude. And showed me the ropes on that industry. And that was a big boost to confidence. And even back to, being in California when I was active duty, seeing people in the gym wearing fog or in uniform, if I saw that little Ford observation mm. underneath their blouse, you know, something like that. It was a huge thing. I was like, I know exactly what you are. Yeah, yeah. You're more than just you a guy care. who's yeah, in you uniform. You care. You care about your performance. You care about your kit. You care about your dudes. You want to be the best out there. I fully understand that. And uh, dude, you see somebody in the gym and they have anti-bank on their shirt or they have something like this on the back, the AK-105 or AK-104 rather you know what they are. And that is somebody looking for community and proud of what they are. You got somebody to lift with, you got someone to shoot with, you got somebody to go do whatever the fuck, you know, somebody to rely on. And it's without having to speak to everybody in the gym to find that. Yep. You see somebody at a restaurant and they're wearing this, you know who they are. So that's what I'm proud of. No, that was, it was wild for the first time. I was out <laughs> at the fucking like cheesecake factory on a date with my lady and I saw someone wearing a, wearing one of my shirts I was like, really? Yeah, I, I, I really should have stopped and said something, but like they were at like a busy table, and I was just there with my lady. I was like, it's like, damn, that guy has no idea. <laughs> but it, it's wild when you see. 
I think, because um, a lot of us live in this very online world where it's all, you know, you post something, clout, uh, you get that serotonin, happy day, go to sleep, everyone loves me. But like when you actually see real people and, and go out and meet real people and do real stuff like the training and all that, and we can get into that a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. been something that's really difficult for me too, is only being in this online sphere of, of influence. I, I cannot stand social media. Yeah, no, me neither. There has been nothing about being on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube that has made me feel um, like I can take pride in this yet. There's been responses from people I've sat until 4.30 in the morning talking to somebody because I was the only active person on their following list because their grandfather had just passed. Fantastic. That's my impact. Um, when these shirts go out Friday or the red identifiers or the black ones, the, the little patches, the diamond FM, AK slightly cool. When I see those outside for the first time, when I start seeing pictures of people training in those or doing cool stuff, that is when it will really be good for me. Yeah. Or even just getting together to film, seeing people, uh, battlefield from, uh, that company we won't name right now because we're crossing <laughs> lines, but a local company that's very big. He comes out, he's former SWAT. He's fantastic what he does, but he's for the first time working for working with us rather. And we are, you know, moving through the mansion. Looks great. And we finish filming. He says to me, dude, I am so happy to have been here. Thank you. And it's like, no, dude, you just helped us. Community's there. Everybody's happy. We had people show up that have never worked with us before and we're so stoked on it that I've been getting messages from them every single day. Yep. Just excited. Even, you know, making art or taking photos or making edits of us. Insane because you know that it's done because we've impacted them somehow. Yeah. That is rad. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, seriously. The amount of people I met for the first time and and then was instantly working with, like Zero Dog and then Warbear and all of them, just all of a sudden working with so many professionals was... Zero Dog Focalist. Zero Dog... Yeah, you're right. Zero Dog Focalist. So many... Too much Instagram. But uh, no, no, no. Like there's, there's so many so many professionals with them and so many people that just plugged in because everyone's like already damn near at the same spot in terms of what they're into, what they want to get done and all that. And seeing everyone just snap to it at the mansion was wild. That's uh, that's another thing that I'd like to touch on just very, very briefly, um, is that the differences in things that people are pushing out, whether they're hardline or they're trying to be a little bit more extreme, loud, quiet, whatever it may be. That's something I have a hard time with sometimes. I love all the people that we've worked with. It's been really cool. Um, that's what I'm still dealing with and trying to figure out is what direction we want to go in and how far we want to you know, push our, our limits and what we're saying. Um, and I'm trying to find the way to do this and be loud while still showing respect to everybody that I can. And obviously you can't please everybody, but still figuring it out, man. And that's been an interesting one to approach and think about for the first time. So if you see us with some people who say some crazy things, it's not necessarily because we're crazy bastards, but because <laughs> we know them as individuals and they've been good to us. We're doing the same for them. So yeah. Robin Schultz with, uh, with all sorts of people these days. <laughs> But uh, no, it, that's that's been kind of a cool thing is seeing how small the Arizona kind of community is. Oh, yeah. Like, not small, small, but like all of a sudden you're like, oh, these guys know these people. Well, the whole gun community, the yeah. whole online, especially online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got my start in all of this. I learned about all of this coming as an air traffic controller. I came out here, my uh, my dad does jujitsu or did with Travis Haley. <laughs> and my dad was like, hey, there's this guy. You got to go talk to him. I had no idea who he was, dude no idea and when i finally looked him up i was like oh recondo force recon very cool went talked to him took a d3 course aka vehicle darkness fantastic for me approaching a civilian training course for the very first time 
with a company that caters to Elio and Mill. Yeah. yeah. With a full Marine. Right. And he's, <laughs> dude, he's fantastic. All the people that I met there are fantastic. And seeing that side of the house that is very Mill Elio centric and then coming over to, I mean, your, your home and speaking with you as uh, somebody who's come over here specifically to pursue a more free life and spread this message to others. It's just opposite sides of the spectrum, but being able <laughs> yeah. to get along with everyone and show respect to everyone is fantastic. And that's what I love. Um, so that kind of ties in with that whole picking yeah. content to post. You know, <laughs> don't want to step on toes. No, no. It, it's always funny because like I'm, you know, personally, I feel like I'm pretty chill and easy, but I'm a lot of people, they just see what I'm about, the circle A or whatever, mm -hmm. and the black flags, and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, this guy's like extreme. I'm just sitting there chilling at the range day, <laughs> got like uh, borrowing nods from someone, like smoking a joint. Everyone's like, and, uh, and then someone will tell me like there's a couple of cops there. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like what the Probably fuck? pretty cool though. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I've definitely had guys come up and be like, oh yeah, you know, I uh, got to get back to the department Monday or whatever. I'm like, oh fuck. I can't say too much on the topic, but with my setup, <laughs> I've shown up to ranges with friends. In fact, I went shooting with White Phosphor and he had a friend who was uh, in law enforcement, <laughs> active, and he saw what I was holding and was like, hey, is that, you know, <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Yes, it is. And he's like, oh. I was like, are you wearing cuffs on your belt? He's like, yeah, I am. And I was like, well, dude, right, let's get some training in. He's like, yep. So Jesus, it's a hard thing to define, man. It, it, it's that's why I particularly love this state because I don't think that would exist in some place. I think some places they would fucking pull the cuffs and cut you off. But Arizona, yeah. there is a certain weird space. Again, not naming names, but there is a certain kind of atmosphere here where, and not everyone. I absolutely understand what you're saying. I am so convinced that this culture can still be saved. Fuck, I, I hope so. I am still fully convinced that this culture can be saved. It can become louder. Our ideals can be pushed from every direction and in every direction, and we can come back together as a community without the divisive separation between you know us and other political groups and other career groups, whatever it might be, I think that we can still come together and be that ideal community because our values are based around what Arizona and America were supposed to be. Happy fourth again, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Cheers a second yes, last. Sir. Happy Independence Day. <laughs> I think it could still be saved. Mm. And that's why I'm convinced is because I came up meeting the HSP guys and loving them to death and still seeing them regularly. And then I meet you and formerly, dude, if I'd seen a circle A, I'd be, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> now I am starting to understand that everybody in these different, um, I guess, definable character or, uh, categories, really, they're using different demarcations to explain themselves, whether it's different logos or circle A or American flag or upside down, whatever it could yeah. be, union down flags or black, whatever. Some are louder than others, and you're always going to hear the loudest, which don't necessarily have the uh, the best voices they might be the most ignorant and that might be the way they're the loudest but there are people in every group that are good and understand this so yeah well unfortunately the, the loud mouths get amplified and those who are actually trying to find the the common ground and the you know there, there are so many people that i never thought i'd be talking to but they're in a similar state of mind at least on gun rights i'm like all right we can work with that mm -hmm. and from there you realize People are really not that fucking different. People might have different understandings or different lenses of things, but that's what they want you to think is that we're all different. Yeah, we're wildly different. Oh, camp Divide A and can't... conquer, brother. Yeah. No, absolutely. Divide and conquer has been the thing. And to me, you know, trying to be the 
the the Zen voice of reason in this this pretty wildly varied community. Um, th- there are a lot of people that are so fucking close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I've talked to and this this will upset people. I know people that are like radical like you know armed trans types and like who want their own <laughs> red light district fucking kind of uh township once everything's you know sovereign and all that and then people who want their own fucking ethno state people are authoritarian as hell it's like so you know man that's what's cool about tribe yeah you can pick whatever the fuck you want and people can come too i won't be at the red light district or the ethno states yeah <laughs> couldn't me neither <laughs> i certainly won't fucking shoot at him yeah no quite right that's that is the thing that i think a lot of people really need to understand is like they, they don't need to be a carbon copy of yourself and honestly it's better when they're not that's what anarchism is isn't it it's just uh respect for others and leave me alone you yeah do your I, thing, I do mine i'll tag along with the patriots and and the other you know as many crazies as I can find, because they're fucking interesting. Find your tribe. Yeah, just as, as long as they don't string me up or shoot me. <laughs> all the time, online, offline, find your tribe, find your community, train, love, spread the message, spread all the information that you have gained over the years. Find your tribe and develop it. Yeah. That, I think the, the in-person stuff is definitely where that's coming out more. Like, all of this training and stuff, everyone realizes they need to be more serious about that at this point. Especially me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel it, man. Every time, every time I see like everyone out doing an event, and I'm not there, and I'm busy with something, I'm like lazy fuckhead. You know. <laughs> you know that's that's one thing I didn't even think about that, but uh, just now when you say that, it brings me back to all the messages that I get. Hey, let's collaborate. Let's collaborate. Let's make this. Let's make that. And we've had invites to Vegas, certain folks, and you know South America or Saudi or Canada, whatever. Now I'm not going to any of those places until it's. You know, not centered around training or, or making content or whatever, just to hang out. But when we get these invites, people start telling us what their plans are. They want to flow through buildings and this and that. And I asked the question yesterday on a Zoom call, hey, who here is perfectly confident and comfortable flowing through a building for the very first time with people? Who is confident that they'll do a good job? And, you know, dude, everybody in that call raised their hand. I was like, are you guys out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I was like, if you ever train with SWAT before, you ever train with people who kick doors for a living, they will tell you. They are never fully confident with any new floor plan, with any new location at all. They're no. always trying to improve. That's, I mean, I never want to be the comfortable person. I will urge always for people to never feel comfortable doing these things just because you've done it once or twice in a calm setting. Get out there and fucking work. That's how I first heard of you before the finances, before <laughs> finance and maneuver, before anything. Train. People were like, go and talk to Like, he, he yep. he's, uh, He's got a thing or two to share. And, you know, like the, the vehicle stuff is something that I definitely want to get, oh, yeah. get more heavy on. I'm like, I live in the fucking desert. Like, we're not walking anywhere. Like, we, we are always in our fucking vehicles. Always and- a grain of salt, too. So, I mean, if we're going to train together and I'm going to give you what I know, I'm always going to tell you grain of salt, dude. Further your education. The eternal student concept oh, yeah. is so crucial to maintaining any kind of, you know, perishable skill set. You can't come to me and, and know what I know and then just be set. I'm garbage. <laughs> But I'm out here training. Yeah. Um, I take my little D3 course and I'm out there for three days and then I can pass on what I remember and what I know to you guys. But are you going to be set? No, fuck no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, and that's that's exactly how we met was through training. When I was getting ready to make my exit from the Marine Corps and come back out here, we were talking about setting up TCCC courses and comms, um, field expedient antennas, you know, formations, OPSEC, all sorts of stuff. So 
that's another huge, huge principle within FNM. And I feel super confident and comfortable speaking on behalf of everybody involved. I don't care what background you're from. I don't care what race, sexual orientation, where you're from, what country you want to train. Let's fucking jam, dude. Let's get together. I'll tell you everything that I know and then push you to somebody who's smarter and remind you that whatever the hell I know is fucking nothing compared to what you should know through time. No, absolutely. I'm still growing myself, so. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta stay humble, otherwise you're gonna get fucking humbled, you know? Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I get folded up pretty regular. I did. Not recently. I'm too busy, but mm. that's a terrible line, but <laughs> folded up regularly by, by girls, by guys, all sorts of stuff, bent and, and uh, pressed and jujitsu the hell out of. And that was probably one of the best things I've ever done. You know, talk about community and tribe. You go fucking roll in a Gracie Academy. You got family after the first day and you will never stop getting fucked with and helped at the same time. And it mm. is very confusing, but rad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very, a very useful church. If you've never done it, you need to do jiu-jitsu. Oh, man, I grew up with, uh, like, one of my best mates was a, a UK kickboxing champion. And uh, he always bugged me to do it. It's it's on the to-do list, but so is a billion other things. And I've done kickboxing uh, as a kid. Did quite a bit of it. Um, don't recommend that as a start because you lose brain cells. It's fantastic <laughs> to know that, how to strike. That's the other thing. Like, combat yeah. sports, I've already knocked my head too many times. I'm like, fuck. Jiu-jitsu <laughs> is the solution. Yeah? You don't get yeah. your head knocked? No, as long as you know your limits and you're not the uh, the asshole white belt out there who refuses to tap and tries to hurt everybody relying on Oh, no, I'll be tapping like a little bitch. No, see, that's the thing. <laughs> you are the ideal candidate knowing your personality to, yeah. to however well I know it. You know? Well, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, obviously you're, you're there to like push yourself to learn new skills, but I'm not trying to break myself you or break anyone person, else. You physically and mentally are exactly the type of person that I think of when I think of BJJ. Hmm. So easily, dude, by far one of the most... Easy, th- you know, people to tell you need to be in a Gracie school or 10th planet or whatever, dude. You need to go try rolling. If you've never done it, you must do it. This will be the shit for you hmm. because it's the smart dudes who are technical. Dude, you will dominate in there with enough time and you'll love it. Guaranteed. Hmm. Well, all right. It sounds like I got to go and get on the fucking mat now. Add that to the, the eternal to-do list. Of course, my opinion's worth what you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll go there and like have a fucking miserable time. Nah, I'm- I think you'd love it. I no, I think so too. It's it's one of those things. Every time something like that crops up, where it's like, okay, you know, lifelong technical skill that's like super good for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck. Now now it's yep yep. It's training community jujitsu. Have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> I haven't actually. It's elk uh, meat. Also on the to do list. Yeah. Oh, you're you're doing a Joe Rogan <laughs> bit. Have you ever tried DMT? Yeah. <laughs> it's not my personality, I guess. Here we go. GRE. Hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Leave me alone, man. Relax. Octave. Um, fuck. Well, we got maybe another 20 minutes. If we want to... Where well, else you got for me, man? Yeah. You want to you wanna talk a little bit more about kind of training? Like, uh, so we, we've talked about kind of the why, but... Um, I can definitely tell you why I started training. Like, how, how long have you been doing it? Because I've talked to, like... In my kind of, um, you know, rocking around here and kind of being mm-hmm. with a few different groups, I've talked to people who've been doing this since like the fucking 90s, people have been doing it since like the early 2000s, who've been with all sorts of like, you know, freaks and geeks, whether they're like hot shit or fucking useless and embarrassing. But um, how about yourself? Has it just been since the Marine Corps? Or? I uh, picked up my first gun at 18. Glad I did. Got familiar with it for the most part, but it was Remington 870 standards. So how familiar can you be? You know, like how much, how much an impact, how much training, whatever. Just buy uh, a shotgun, man. Had it with me all the time. Yeah, double barrel shotgun. Um, <laughs> had it with me all the time at 18. The only times that I wouldn't have it were at school, high school, a senior. So 
would uh, follow the law there, believe it or not. Anyways, um, had it with me all the time, saved my life once, thankful for it. And when I joined the Marine Corps, I put that to the side thinking that the training that I received in the military was something that I could rest on. Mm. You know, but it dawned on me one day that I am a pogue boot cherry bitch. I'm, I'm <laughs> an air traffic controller and no, my training is not going to suffice. I'm a annual rifle qual guy. Every Marine rifleman. Right? right. I personally disagree with that. Um, Damn man. Yeah. So 2018, I was in Japan, 2018 to 2020, and I was watching the news damn near every day and very freaked out by what was going on. I was, holy shit. You, you know, would be if you watched the news every fucking day. Picked up my AK, <laughs> um, bought it online, had it sent to my uh, my dad, and wound up picking it up from him when I got back home. But uh, yeah, picked up my first gun that was training worthy, really, 2018 while overseas. Uh, bought it for my dad and wound up buying it from him. Came back home when I was stationed in California. Built that thing up with actually I had, I had Jim help me out because I had no idea what to do with an AK. I just Jim Fuller. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I got lucky there, and uh, that's a, a pretty funny story. But Jim put uh, you know my my different uh, gas tube and optic and muzzle device on a PSA. I have a photo of it. It's really funny. <laughs> it was like, oh buddy, that is true. I will prove that at some point. Um, <laughs> still talk to him about it. But I run the piss out of that AK, almost 20,000 rounds at this point, probably close to 15. Um, but still doing great and still putting rounds through. That's my primary training gun because I don't want to run green tip all the time. It's too expensive. Picked that up, um, then ran that course. That's actually you know, why I built it was for the course in uh, late 2020. Was humbled uh, by shooting people who've been training for years. Um, I think I did pretty well in performance, but nowhere near the standard that I would come to. Wait, so you like force on force? No, no, no. We did the D3, so we were shooting your windshields with handguns, fighting back to your carbines. It's almost like you're um, you're in a road rage incident. Okay, cool. But you're carrying kit, which is now pretty much how all of us are. (laughs) Yeah. So you respond with handgun and fight your way back to the back seat of the trunk or whatever with your buddy and get your your carbine up and start fighting. And I realized, holy shit, I've never done anything like this, and I fucking suck, even though I'm ringing steel. Like, man, I should probably pay attention. And uh, since then, it's like, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, if I can, I'm out there shooting, doing something, and then trying to give whatever I learned back to the others. Uh, because I was inspired by people who are better than me. You know, why not give back even if I fucking suck and need to, uh, to improve like crazy? So I've been at this very seriously for, and seriously is, you know, <laughs> what I think it is for me. I don't know, seriously, I compare to other people. But uh, three years, just yeah. about. A little bit under three years, and uh, it's made a huge impact on me. So, yeah, I mean, starting to take that stuff into your own hands and taking it seriously, like it's good for you. Good, Nobody's good. coming to help you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's something. Even when I, if I gift a friend, if they're like even hesitant on carrying, which mm-hmm. usually they they warm to it, I, I gift them pepper spray. You know, <laughs> just to start with, and it's like. Once someone has the first, like for the first time in their life for a lot of people, it's the first time they've ever had a contingency plan mm-hmm. beyond like a mobile phone. And you see the lights kind of click on like, oh, I like this. Yeah. Like, and leads to so much more, whether it's carrying or like food prep or security or whatever it might be. But I don't want to cause too many preppers to pop up and be anxious all the time personally, but <laughs> having a, a, a halfway decent following for this little niche that we're in and having people reach out, asking me questions. Now I can recommend holsters. Mm. Uh, you know, I carry an MSP from tier one and I love it to death. I've trained with it like relentlessly. And, uh, I re- you know, I can recommend to people who've never carried in their life. I can get them on a, a weapon mounted light for the first time ever because, hey, you can't carry in this great holster without a light. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, if a brand new firearm owner has a fantastic holster with a light on their handgun and is out there learning how to use it. Yeah. It makes a world of difference. Yeah. <laughs> how cool is that that you've brought somebody from zero to doing something pretty, pretty well like that, you know, and that's what the platform's about too. There's so many different directions that you can make an improvement. And if you're not trying anything or not doing them consistently or at least inconsistently with others thrown in. Yeah. Fuck you doing on Instagram. No, seriously. Like, uh, I was out shooting with some of the, what was it? Prescott boys. Mm -hmm. And we were doing, uh, we were doing reloads and I was like, I'm more of a field guy. I don't, I'm not, I don't do like the sexy reloads and stuff. Obviously, you know, train them and stuff, but like, not like some of these guys do with the timers and stuff. And I was, I was shooting with them and I was like, oh wow, I, I suck balls. Like it's to me an acceptable standard for someone like, you know, it's okay. You know what you're doing, but it's not like, it's nothing to share. It's nothing to be like, Hey guys, look at what I can do. And I'm like, fuck that stuff. I mean, you know, it looks good and stuff, but being well-rounded in life is such a difficult pursuit, man. <sighs> Oh yeah, your Venn diagram is always going to be disappointing. I think Ace combat, yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah like, different directions for performance. Rest of my life, I've got I've got way too many interests to be a killer at too many of them. I'm a part sixty one private pilot, and I like guns, and I'm running a financial practice and F and M now, working a side job and trying to lift weights, and I have a son who's in and out of the hospital regularly. You know, oh, so man. dude, it's it's definitely tough. And then just to think on the small side, training. Yeah. One R ones to foot movement to to working around a vehicle to field stuff to purifying water to not getting burnt to keeping your clothes clean to surviving to not being detected, IR you know thermals to night vision to this to that to whatever carrying a certain amount of ammo having good you know, it's unreal. Yeah, and then team communication and the rest Comps, of it. Yeah, meds, dude, whatever you know. You're it's like, just, <laughs> you'd you're, better be putting in some effort somewhere or else you are. Cooked. That's incredible. That that call that you were talking about where everyone raises their hand. Mm -hmm. If anyone ever asks me if I'm proficient in anything in this world, fuck no. It's always I suck. Humble yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, the day that I say I'm killer at that, fucking drag me out of my house and prove it <laughs> prove me wrong. It will there's, not be hard. Yeah, there's nothing in this world that I love that I feel like I am fantastic at. And I don't think I ever will. And that's probably I mean it's it sucks, but it's probably really good for me. I I think it's once you accept it and you become okay with that and you're like, I'm just going to learn as much as I can, as often as I can. Oh, yeah. That's that's all you can hope for. <laughs> just going to carry the boats, man. <laughs> oh, man. I fucking love that video. Is he coming out tonight? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. If he does, hopefully he doesn't make fun of police. Oh, fuck. We'll see. <laughs> or you have me you have me worried now um and we're gonna yeah that's actually a good one we were gonna do uh some rooftop firework photography to celebrate the uh the birth of our nation but uh unfortunately due to the actions of those and uh, you know one person in illinois we're no longer comfortable doing a rooftop photo shoot with fireworks and any kind of kit any kind of gear masks weapons nothing not at all comfortable with that not because you know we're gonna let somebody dictate our tempo with their shitty behavior, but we don't really want to cause issues. Yeah, you, don't, you don't want someone to see that and be like... I want people to enjoy their 4th of July. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah. do something else instead. Figure it out, make it look cool, and give somebody a, a picture to celebrate 4th of July with. You know, feel a little happy, knowing that we love it too. Absolutely. But unreal. <laughs> What's going on? The, this whiskey is uh, doing its job. Good. 
<laughs> enjoying honestly my 4th of july is usually so last minute i'm glad that we're actually doing something to market mm-hmm. going out seeing some uh seeing some explosions dude my uh my days off are so uncomfortable now i i, I it's weird i mean uh those around me have seen it. I used to be the person who didn't want to do shit all the time. And I do little things, do my, my minimum, but still make a decent impact. And I feel great. Relax. Now that I'm doing this, oh my God, if I'm not moving constantly, even on my days off, I respond to every message every day as immediately as I possibly can. I try not to go more than an hour without checking off every, and I'm, you know, I'm you're a better man than I, there are, there are hundreds of DMS that have just died a thoughtless death in my inbox. And I profusely apologize to all those who have left them. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, man. Nobody left a left behind over here, man. And that's why I respect I'm it. fortunate enough to have been sitting down talking to somebody at 4 30 in the morning about their, you know, them feeling hopeless or, I don't want to say suicidal because that, that word hasn't been thrown out there. That's a good thing we should probably talk about in a moment. But every DM, man, allowed me to make a little difference. And that's what this is about, you know? So well-rounded, more to think about. Fucking life guru as well. Yeah. <laughs> At least. I get so annoyed with myself, man, because I want to do everything I can. And it's No, I feel, honestly, my, I guess this is your first year of doing Finance Maneuver, right? Mm-hmm. So honestly, that was me... Um, when I started my original Bloody Revolutions account, I back for, for, at the time I was single, so I'd come back from work and I would sit there on my couch and answer people for like three to four hours and answer every DM, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But holy fuck, that was when I had a studio apartment and I had no responsibilities, so it was grand. I'd get home and talk to people, like-minded people, for hours. Nowadays, I'm like, fuck, good luck, guys. Yeah, <laughs> speak broadly. That's why I do these, but. It sucks. I wish I could talk to every individual, but there's more of them than me, and I, ugh, the time doesn't exist. I'm going to preface this by saying this is not a shameless plug on any part, but obviously it's going to come off that way anyway. Go for it, man. When it comes to the financial practice, when it comes to the point where I can no longer take people on because I'm so busy with FNM or something else, I hire an employee. Uh, when it comes to FNM, if we come to the point where we are actually focused on making clothing or, or photos or videos or whatever maybe we're doing some other kind of work that we're not quite ready to talk about just yet uh and we can't i can't respond to dms somebody's gonna be on there Mm. um when it even comes down to the clothing the shirts that we made those patches locally sourced refuse to buy anything that isn't fantastic we're taking a hit on profit margin whatever to make sure that these shirts can hold up i refuse to settle and it sucks it sucks because it keeps you busy constantly and frustrated and sometimes you're so wound up you know but dude that is pride and joy for me is just knowing that i'm doing my best and everything i can't i can't fucking ignore those dms man it drives me nuts so i'm i'm envious in a sense <laughs> i it, it I really took a, am. no <laughs> I, I i feel you and i think i think we're very very similar in that kind of like i'm behind you yeah mentality. i just haven't started prioritizing it took honestly because I've been doing this for like a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. It finally got to a point where I was like, "Gotta look out for you." Yeah, I, I love you guys so fucking much, but Jesus, I gotta keep on, you know, doing my thing. I I have to make time to have things to talk about and actually, you know, progress and stuff. But got a supernova first, and then I'll be once I burn out, I'll probably be in the same. <laughs> yeah, the burnout has definitely happened three gotta or have four a times. Break down, and then I'm set. Yeah, yeah, that'll be g- great. <laughs> give it a few a few account bans. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, dude. <laughs> Hopefully it never happens. I don't want to talk about that at all. But I've been thinking about that lately, too. No, oh, I'm thinking about that stuff is when it happens. We just lost to TikTok at 
I, I want to get back to 10,000 so I have links again because that helps a lot with like helping people out and helping out friends and sharing information and stuff. But what happens at 10? 10,000. You, you can, uh, at 10,000 on Instagram, you can share links in your story. Hmm. which makes a world of difference it's like it's like so fucking useful but for some reason it's only for the the grand and lofty who hit that benchmark so i've hit it like a couple times now every time i hit it i get to use it for a couple months and then is that what i assume people are uh, promoting their stuff and it has like the clothing pop up at the bottom yeah 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 stuff like that I don't know what that was because you can obviously use like the link sticker or whatever but when it pops up and it's right in your face it's pretty helpful actually wait <laughs> i yeah, clearly. No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's one way that is presented to you, and I'm pretty sure it is a 10,000 because I've never seen anybody below it using it that is way more effective where it'll show you the, the content that's posted and then it'll pop up and show you exactly what's behind it. Whereas, you know, I just have this little link button that's like, uh. Yeah. I forgot about the link button. All right. <laughs> I'm here to help, man. I'm here to help. <laughs> no, I do need to ask you about some, uh, some locally sourced stuff. Yeah, I'd we'll, love to we'll, tell you everything we'll, I know. We'll, we'll do that off air because I've got. Actually, I've got something to preview to you which okay. no one's seen yet apart from my lady but um we'll get into that it's an OnlyFans <sighs> go and ruin it for everyone now I'm excited you try and surprise the people no I uh I'll, I'll say this much it's I've been talking about a book for years it's a different book so, oh mm. so, mm-hmm. so it's a different kind of book. I've heard the rumors <laughs> what the fuck have you heard ah, don't worry about me man I'm everywhere alright we're gonna have to I'm in your walls Hmm. All right. Hopefully, hopefully not uh, our mutual friends walls who shouts to the police because he he unloads five five six into them. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I think we'll uh, we'll about wrap it up there, and and then we can uh, we can talk about some of this stuff off there. But uh, anything you want to wrap with, man? No, you want to do one more clink, dude? I think that's a terrible idea. Let's do it. I like it. Happy Fourth. Happy, happy Fourth, man. This is gonna be coming out after, but. You know, happy independence, and uh, hopefully we get we get a little bit more than we have right now in the future. Absolutely, cheers, dude. Thanks cheers, for man. having me on your show. Yeah. Before. Thanks for coming, man. I'm glad we can do it. Well, I'm all patriated up. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you can find finance maneuver in the links below in the description. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Let's get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. We got work to do, man. But fuck it. Why not? Perfect. <laughs>